No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Let's go! And welcome into the Monday edition of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Hope everybody had a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Gentlemen, I haven't talked to you guys since Thanksgiving. Everybody's Thanksgiving good. Sean, I know you worked, Jordan. Yeah. Good Thanksgiving? Yeah, mine was good. Mine was good. I uh, had, uh, had some family in town. Uh, a friend came in, surprised me. Uh, it was a good time. Put the lights up yesterday, put the tree up, got the decorations rolling. Are you guys a uh, post-Thanksgiving put the decorations up, or do you guys do it before Thanksgiving? Uh, if you I do was it, just going to say, you Jordan, do it I'm proud of you for doing it after. Yeah, if you do it before Thanksgiving, there's something wrong with you. I've got a couple of neighbors like that. I almost put this on Twitter. It was like a week and a half ago when I was leaving the neighborhood at night, and some SOB in the neighborhood had his lights up and on already. It's like, whoa. Ridiculous. What are you? What are you? <laughs> I, look at here. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am kind of. I think I'm on the train of. I want to put them up a couple weeks before Thanksgiving now because no. it's a lot of work to put the lights up, and you just take them down in like three weeks. No, I mean, you leave them. No, 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 no. It's much more acceptable to have the lights on post Christmas up until New yes. Year's than it is before Thanksgiving. There's no ho- There's no Christmas decorations pre-thanksgiving we shouldn't even be playing christmas music it's bad enough that on halloween if you walk into your local home depot the christmas crap is already out like dude it can wait it can wait do you and there's another question do you need more than three weeks of christmas uh no look i I, christmas is my favorite holiday so i could i could have it all year more than three weeks worth i mean come on it's a little much yeah how many times can you listen to mariah carey you know, before you're like, I need a month and a half. Brains out, you know, Michael Bublé and, and Mariah Carey on repeat for the next month. Like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm all right with that. Let's let's let you know. Wait what until about after Thanksgiving. Not, no, no Justin Bieber Christmas album, huh? No, uh, no. But you know, InSync's got a couple of hot tracks that uh, are good for Christmas. Okay, actually. that would yeah. work. Mm-hmm. That part of the Christmas playlist. All right, yeah. so I'm glad we got that uh, cleared up out of the way. Christmas decorations. My don't stuff go up is still in the attic right now. It's still in the Proud attic. I got to get it down. I was working all weekend. I got. I was working all week. It's no, it's, it's still November. You're good. Tomorrow's December 1st. A great day for you to do that. In the meantime, since it is still November, we got a show to do today. Let's tell everybody what is in the lead. This is the one they're talking about. Well, Sean, you mentioned working over the weekend. One of the things you were doing, watching ASU basketball live and in person. They picked up their... Their first win on home court. They played that uh, Mohegan Sun Classic, I believe is what it was called, out there in Connecticut, came home, hosted Houston Baptist. This was, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, the first live sporting event you have been to, working or otherwise, in like 260-plus days. Did it feel yeah, weird walking in and actually seeing the sport in person? Yeah, it, it, really, it really did. And it was the Empire Classic, by the way, at Mohegan Sun is what they okay, played in. Sorry. But, um, yeah, Come it was, on, Schubert. It was, it was weird. I mean, it, it was it was nice. I mean, I've done – I've worked for so many different professional sports teams since, like, 1998 that this was the longest stretch I had gone without working a live professional sporting event or collegiate, you know, major, major sporting event since like 1998 so it was weird right it was just hadn't done anything in so long it was just odd but it was nice to get back um they did allow some fans in friends and family were allowed to to come to to desert financial arena yesterday and watch the devils play so there was a little bit of fans in there but yeah it was it was definitely odd but it was good to be back you know we're we're no longer sitting courtside the broadcast location is now up in the one of the corners in the in the um the media the media area 
So, you know, it's just different. It's all different, but man, it's just good to be back. And I'll tell you this, that Devils team and those freshmen, man, Bagley and Christopher are the real deal. This team has a long way to go in terms of getting on the same page. They're incredibly deep. It might be the deepest Sun Devils men's basketball team I've seen in quite some time. We're talking eight, nine, ten guys deep that can come off and contribute into the come off the bench and contribute for this basketball team. But they have to find a way to get on the same page. You know, I remember last year we were kind of saying the same thing. You guys remember when they played downtown at the Suns Arena and they got absolutely boat raced and lost by like 40. And we were all talking about what's wrong with this basketball team. But then Verge and Remy and everybody started getting on the same page and it clicked and they played really well through the conference schedule. I would imagine something similar to that <laughs> happening because Christopher is absolutely legit. Absolutely legit. As advertised. My goodness, is he everything that's advertised. If this team can well, find a way to get on the same page, they 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 should compete to win the conference and then make a deep tournament run. I think that's going to be the thing, right, is seeing if they can play together. When you watch them play Villanova this weekend, uh, first of all, I was impressed. They're, they're going up against probably one of the best coach teams in the country. Uh, uh, Villanova is classic for playing team basketball. They play unselfish. They, they can move it around. Everybody's talented. Uh, but ASU went in there and played them tough, having not played together very much. And here's here's what I saw with ASU in that game is they're they're kicking the ball around high high screen, and then they try to go one-on-one -on -one with somebody. Uh, this isn't the NBA. I mean, they, they have to have an offense, a rhythm to it. They can't just... Burge go down and go one on one. Then Christopher go down, go one on one. Then Remy go down and go one on one. If they're all on, if they're all on, then they're going to play really well. But if they're cold, it's going to be ugly. And I think it's exactly what you said, Sean. Is it's going to be, uh, it's it's probably going to take them some time before they get into conference play to to find that groove and, and to click. And for for uh, for Coach Hurley to really make some good coaching decisions and and uh, you know figure out who they are. But I mean, you want to talk about pure talent? Josh Christopher looked good. I mean, after that first game. First game they played, uh, Rhode Island. Christopher didn't. Yeah, he didn't look too good. He was. He kind of struggled a little bit. He, he goes up against Villanova, a uh, uh, you know top five team in the country, and he he looks like a pro. I mean, the guy is pulling up. He's looking confident, and so that jump from game one to game two. Imagine what it's going to look like in ten games. I mean, he's he's only going to get more confident. He's only going to get better. And I think, you know, finding that that rhythm, that that groove, uh, with with all the the good talent they have, will be key. Well, time to get right before conference play is already up in this year's odd schedule. You play Cal on Thursday. The conference schedule starts right away. So you're oh no shit yeah. Well, the, the you have a conference oh, wow. game. You have a conference game on Thursday, and then you have a couple of non-conference again. And then you're right back into the 20 game schedule for the for a conference play. So uh, time is up to get right. <laughs> they, they count right now, you know. But well, this this basketball bon voyage. Team is, have a great time. Yeah, this team is deep, and uh, they're fun to watch, man. It's it's really unfortunate that outside of friends and family people won't get a chance to go to desert financial arena and watch this team play because they are a lot of fun a lot of fun a lot of speed a lot of depth a lot of talent it's just a really fun basketball team exciting is the word that i think is uh most used when discussing this team this year and rightfully so guys a lot of covid news in the national football league over the last couple days we saw the impact that it had on the broncos we we've we're still living through what it's doing to this steelers ravens game for tomorrow night but the story that I want to talk about, and it has a local tie here, is what the local government in California, in Santa Clara, could potentially be doing to the San Francisco 49ers, Sean. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals got to, you know, socially distance six feet apart, but they got to make some room 
for the San Francisco 49ers who might have to uh, come to town here and play in Arizona. I think it's cool that the Cardinals are offering up their building to help out the 49ers. I don't know if you're familiar with how this story actually went down. According to the 49ers, they have been negotiating with the Santa Santa Clara um, uh, County for a few weeks now. They knew this was coming. And they thought they had a deal that they were going to be able to continue to operate in their quote-unquote private bubble, their small bubble. Well, they're on the plane to L.A. to play the Rams this week, and they find out when they land that, no, you didn't have a deal with the county that you thought you did. And, oh, by the way, you can't come back is essentially what happened. Because anybody who travels more than 150 miles from Santa Clara has to quarantine when they return. So if you're Stanford's basketball team or Stanford's football team or the San Francisco 49ers and you traveled more than 150 uh, miles away from Santa Clara, you'd then have to quarantine when you return. You can, and obviously, that, that would throw your entire schedule off. Uh, so they're going to have to find a new place to play, new place to practice, and a new place to stay, essentially, and be away from their family and everybody else for the next five weeks, really, for what the 49ers have to deal with now. Uh, for Stanford, it's up in the air. And there's some talk. Everybody's keeping an eye on, well, what's going to go on with Berkeley in that area? Because now you're talking about Cal. Uh, you know, it's 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 a mess right now. So for the 49ers, I think it's pretty cool that the Cardinals are stepping up and saying, hey, listen, we have some facilities here. Come use them. You know, and for the for, don't forget, you have one more game against the uh, San Francisco 49ers, which was going to be a home game anyway, I guess. So that really doesn't change much there. But um, it's just cool that you're giving them the opportunity to come use the, use the stadium. You know, find a way to make it work. And the Cardinals are stepping up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't think there's much to it. It's, I don't think there's much to it other than just, you know, it's good to see. It, it's it's nice gesture by the Cardinals, and then I think the logistics will work themselves well, it's, out it's, over it's time It's also here. crazy that the, the county is, is dropping it on the 49ers last minute like that. Like, I mean, this yeah. is a team. To give them credit, guys, they're, what, a game out of a, of a playoff five spot, and six. I believe, yeah, right they're now? Right outside a of game a playoff out. Spot. This is a team that's dealt with more injuries than anybody in the National Football League and a team that's now dealing with basically their home city saying, sorry, get out or don't play, Uh, and they're still in the hunt. Like These guys have gone through an awful lot this year, the 49ers have. So interesting story to keep an eye on, but again, it could affect Cal. Keep an eye on the county of the Berkeley area and see what they're doing if they decide to go the same route because if they do, now you're talking about that game Thursday night that ASU is scheduled to play with Cal, which I think is an 8 o'clock tip. in at, at Cal could have some issues so keep an eye on it it was a game that didn't go the way the Cardinals envisioned and there's a lot to unpack for their loss to the Patriots we'll do it next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone but first gentlemen let me tell you about Earnhardt Auto Centers locally lo- locally owned and operated since 1951 and a proud partner of No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone you hear us talk about the 19 different Arizona locations 21 different dealerships they have 17 different brands so whatever you're looking for odds are Earnhardt Auto Centers has it within that 17 brands that they have to offer. doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west, wherever you're at in the valley. Earnhardt's got you covered for that new vehicle you got your eye on. And with the current times of social distancing, you hear us talk about it all the time. You hear us talk about how Jordan hopped on and decided, you know, I'm just going to get a Lexus for the weekend. Uh, The No Bull Express option at nobull.com. It's right in the middle of the website, right at the top of the page. You can't miss it. Click the No Bull Express option. Makes the entire buying process an absolute breeze from the comfort of your home, from test driving a vehicle, uh, 
Uh, they'll deliver it right to your front door, as I mentioned. Jordan went with the Lexus. That's that's not a, not a terrible choice. Uh, your financial application can be done online. Uh, delivery of your new ride once everything is purchased. The exact vehicle you just purchased will be all, also be delivered to your front door. It's the uh, the experience of the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and prices that can't be beat right there from your own home. It's the Earnhardt name. You know you can trust it. A 68-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Um, I, I I feel like I should. I mean, I, I don't think I have to run for us to be successful. I don't. I mean, we, I, I have very. I mean, I'm very confident on running backs. Uh, you know, uh, it just it is what it is. They they choose to you know take me out of it. I gotta hand the ball off. I have no. I can't control the ball after that. I gotta hand the ball. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray discussing after the game the struggles that he had on the ground. And, Sean, I know you have some fancy statistics to back up the struggles that he has on the ground and the success or lack of success that the Cardinals have for that. But I do want to at least off the jump here mention the Cardinals go to New England, go to Foxborough, fall in this game 20-17, to 17, fall to 6-5 and five now on the season. And the door has kind of opened to where a couple of weeks ago, this ping-pong narrative that has happened with the Cardinals, we were talking about, oh, is this team the best team in the NFC West? You know, are they better than the Seahawks and the Rams? Where do they stack up in the NFC? Now we're discussing of can they hold on to a playoff spot? Can they withstand the teams that are maybe making pushes behind them? The 49ers you mentioned earlier, the Vikings, who picked up a big win uh, on Sunday as well. So, it's very quick how things change here in the NFL and for the Cardinals, a very quick uh, change in their season. They're going to have to get right back into it. But, Sean, you have these statistics to back up uh, Kyler Murray's struggles on the ground and what that means for the Cardinals in the wins and loss columns. Well, you're still feeling okay because you're still a full game up, right? And you got Minnesota and Chicago and San Francisco behind you by a game. You're still feeling okay if you're the Don't Arizona Cardinals. Don't worry about Cardinals, Chicago. But, Trust me. But you, got to, you, got to, you, you can't take it lightly going forward. Not that you ever should in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of discussion after the game about Kyler Murray and the lack of rushing from what we saw earlier in the year until now and the results that are on the field when it seems like he doesn't run the ball very well. 31 yards rushing against New England yesterday, 15 against Seattle the previous Thursday night when the Arizona Cardinals lost that game. And the stat that comes up is the Cardinals are 1-8-1 and when Kyler runs the ball for less than 30 yards. It, so it's it's a it's a legitimate question I think that came up and you just heard Kyler's response to it in his his post game press conference. But listen, I Kyler says that he thinks they can move the ball when he isn't running the ball well when it's not a focal point and I agree with him. They can move the ball. They had 314 yards against Seattle total and he only ran for 15 yards. And they had 442 yards against the Dolphins in a loss. You know, they had 377 yards in a loss to the Lions when he only ran for 29. They can move the ball. But, Jordan, I want you to, to give me your thoughts on, on my takeaway from it all. Yes, Kyler, you can move the ball, but where the team really sputters is in the red zone when things tighten up, when those passing lanes get smaller. When he's not running the ball yeah. well, they struggle in the red zone. And when they've had success, I looked up the success he's had in the red zone. Kyler Murray in the red zone alone, 102 rushing yards. He averages 5.4 yards per carry and eight touchdowns. How many touchdowns would you say Kyler Murray has rushing in the Arizona Cardinals' six wins this year, guys? And tell me if this is a coincidence. He has eight. So the Arizona Cardinals, when he's not running the football, aren't as effective in the red zone. And yes, they are able to move the ball, 
but they're not finishing drives in the end zone. They're they're having they're they're turning it over on downs at the one yard line. They're settling for field goals. You know when he's not running the ball well, when teams are able to contain Kyler Murray, they really struggle in the red zone. So his comment last night that got a lot of discussion on Twitter and so forth that. They don't need to run the ball. He doesn't need to run the ball for them to have success offensively. That's true between the 20s, but it's not true when you get inside the red zone where when the Cardinals are having success, he's running the ball well in the red zone on those read options, getting the edge and finding the end zone. Uh, The last couple of games, he hasn't been able to do that. The last couple of games, the Arizona Cardinals have walked away with an L. You know what? It's it's almost like he doesn't want to be known as just a runner you know he doesn't want to be a lamar jackson he doesn't want to be the guy that is is you know really electric with his feet and yesterday watching this game there was a couple times where you saw kyler down in the red zone uh if he makes one guy misses he can score and kyler murray i'll I'll bet my house that that guy will make one guy miss and score um on some of these plays instead of uh you know trying to force it to arnold deep in the end zone and you know they several flags whatever but um, I, I think he has to take what the defense gives him, whether that's the run or pass. Um, and there's times where he could have run and times where he could have passed. But at the end of the day, um, this is a team that can move the football with the ground game. I thought I thought they looked good. Uh, I thought Kenyon Drake missed a couple of holes yesterday, but overall they ran the football. Uh, and it's it's a learning experience. We're 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 so. Now accustomed to thinking that the Cardinals should be the, the leader of the division. They should be, you know, dominating in the NFC West when at the beginning of this season, we were talking about a playoff opportunity would be great, right? Yeah. yeah. And so our, 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 our level, our finish line has completely changed for the Cardinals. We want, we're thinking Super Bowl now. All the fans are thinking Super Bowl because they've seen how good they can be. But don't forget about those games against the Lions. Don't forget about those game against Miami. You know, this isn't a team that's, that's a, that's a Super Bowl caliber team yet. They have a couple things that they have to get better at. Um, and so I would just say, if you're a Cardinals fan, dial it back a little bit. Understand that there's going to be bumps in the road, that Cliff's going to have some coaching mistakes, but they'll learn for it and they'll be better for them. If there was any Arizona Cardinal fan that was talking Super Bowl this year, they need to be evaluated. Uh, that would that should have never well, think come about out it. of their when, head, ever. Think about when they think about when they beat the Seahawks and and then they're at their you know they're at the top of the division people are going oh wow you know this is a team that's you know winning the best division in football and and that you've seen glimpses of it but it's just it's not there yet uh and this is you know this is a team that you know I think even you guys on this show were saying they could make a legitimate playoff run um and and they still can but we need to go back and realize that this is still a young football team with a young quarterback young head coach uh and and still having to learn a lot they're still and, and I started the segment by saying I still believe they're in a good spot for to, to get in the postseason and, and maybe win a game. Who knows, right? Uh, because yeah. the NFC is not like the AFC. The AFC's got eight, nine teams vying for those playoff spots. The NFC, you know, the Cardinals are in the seventh seed, and then you got three teams behind them that are a game out, but it's not I mean, you're not feeling the pressure like you are in the AFC. I still think the Cardinals are in a good spot to make the playoffs. Uh, but I, I thought that was an interesting comment by it's getting a lot of talk. You know, does how much are the Arizona Cardinals similar to the Baltimore Ravens offensively? And this is something else that we've brought up on this program before. I believe the Arizona uh-huh. Cardinals are a lot more Baltimore than they ever are air raid. And I know we all expected Cliff Kingsbury to come in and be air raid, spread the field five wide constantly, let's go. And that's not the case, nor is it when they have success. 
uh, in the Arizona Cardinals' five wins this year, they're averaging 15 yards rushing from Kyler Murray more per game and over a touchdown more per game from Kyler Murray in their wins than they are from their losses. In the losses, they're averaging 51.8 yards per, per game from Kyler and uh, just under 0.4 touchdowns per game if you want to do the average. Yeah. In, the, in the wins, 65 yards from Kyler on the ground, 1.3 touchdowns per game. And I told you they have eight touchdowns in the red zone. They have from Kyler yeah. Murray. They have eight Look, touchdowns in their wins. That to me is huge. They're much more Baltimore than they are Air Raid. Uh, and I think Kyler yeah. Murray to stay on the topic of Kyler and, and whether or not they need he has to be able to run the football for them to have success. It, it certainly feels that way. It certainly yes, he feels does that absolutely. Way. Let me tell you why, Sean, because it's the toughest thing in the world to defend as mm -hmm. a defender is seeing a quarterback escape your D line's pressure. And when you have a quarterback that's athletic like him or Russell Wilson, or Patrick Mahomes, or Lamar Jackson, they're always going to be successful taking it uh, taking it when the defense gives it to them. When they're playing man and everyone's looking away, you know, go yeah. get those five yards. Go get – look what, how Patrick Mahomes ended the game yesterday. Got a first down with his feet. Slid in bounds, game over. I mean, that's that's what is is so difficult about having these defenders. So, absolutely, if he runs the football, it, it's it's tough to defend, and they're – the stats clearly show they're going to be more successful when he does. It's uh, it's doing it at the right times and and not trying to force a throw. Look at when Russell Wilson was struggling against the Rams. Instead of running, he's trying to force a throw, throws a pick. I mean, that's you got to take what the defense is giving you. Right, and right now the defense isn't giving him those running lanes. I mean, you and I, I asked you a couple weeks, Jordan, uh, a couple weeks ago, why does any team, when they're defending Kyler Murray on the read option, why does any defensive end crash down on the running back? If I'm a defense, and I thought New England did this yesterday, I'm going to play you a clip from Kyler Murray here in a second on his thoughts on how they played him. But if I'm a if I'm a defense, uh, uh, Drake, feel free to run the ball between the tackles. You know, 20 times this game, we are going to do everything we can for our defensive ends to make sure Kyler doesn't get the edge. I'm I'm telling yeah. my defensive ends, if you crash down on the running back on a read option, I'm pulling your ass from the game. Focus on Kyler. Don't let him get the edge. That's how the Cardinals are successful offensively. Teams lately haven't been able, haven't been allowing the Cardinals to do that, and they've been playing Kyler that way. This is his thoughts last night after the game. I mean, I think that was they were just you know whenever obviously uh, you know in those zone read um, you know opportunities they were just playing me, making me hand it off. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, my read is to hand it off if they uh, if they play me, and that's what I had to do. But that's exactly that is exactly what we talked about two weeks ago, uh, Jordan. Like mm -hmm. you, you make him give it to the back. Do not crash down on the running back if you're a defensive end playing the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't do it yesterday. The, the Patriots forced him to give the ball to Drake. He wound up with 78 yards and two touchdowns. But Kyler didn't. Kyler didn't have those big explosive plays with his legs. That's the way you have to yeah, play this Arizona Cardinals team. And you've seen the Patriots do it. And you saw Seattle do it last Thursday. Absolutely, and it's it showed to work. So let's let's see if if uh, if coach can come in and, and get a little bit more creative with some of these run plays. Uh, but but the, the the ones that I'm talking about more are on passing situations on third down where you see him try to force some some throws instead of just running the ball um, where he can make up one guy miss. That's where he's also extremely explosive. Is you know when there's nothing there, run it. Um, and I feel like we we haven't seen him do that the past couple weeks. Uh, he's been trying to throw it a little bit more. Um, and, and that's okay because he has a really good arm. He's, he's accurate, and it's just part of his growth. It's part it's, of his learning. He'll, he'll continue to get better. I mean, I was focusing on you know the read option situations, and so was Kyler in that previous clip, but that's also <clears> something <throat> I think you can, you can force him to do 
from a defensive end standpoint as well. Mush rush, you know, come slow. Don't push up field too far and yeah. give him the opportunity. Because when he you know gets what, you, Sean? he steps up and out. And if you remove, if you allow him yeah. to step up but not out, now he's forced to throw the ball from the pocket. And if you get any yeah. interior defensive pass rush, then he's going to be disrupted all game. So, I mean, you can really – you can contain Kyler. And when you've been able to do it, you contain the Arizona Cardinals. And, I mean, and again, your eyes are better than mine when it comes to watching a defensive football team. You know, am, am I off base there, or is that what you're seeing? As no, well? no, you're you're right, no, you're right on the money. I think you know traditionally D linemen are taught the D end is taught to crash down on the running back, and that either a linebacker will scrape over or safety it will come down and take quarterback. But teams have realized we can't do that. It's too late. A safety is not going to get there quick enough, or a linebacker is not going to get there quick enough. So hey, D end, you have quarterback until you see it given, until you see the ball in his hands. If you're late, that's okay. That's okay. We'll live to fight another round. But if that dude gets the ball and gets outside of you, we are screwed. And right. so I think teams are starting to, to learn that. And the more film that they have on it now, the more they're going to have to get creative because guess who they're, whoever they're playing next week is looking at going, hey, guess what? You have quarterback on read zone. <laughs> you have you have uh, talk talk about being able to dent the interior of an offensive line. You, you, yeah, you get the Rams this week, and they've got this guy. His last yeah. name's Donald. He's pretty Godspeed. good at that. He's very good. Uh, they actually the Arizona Cardinals have not beat the Rams since the 2016 season. It was just in. It just broke into January of 2017, but it was the 2016 season. The last time the Arizona Cardinals beat the Rams, and they've got the Rams on the schedule twice coming up including this next week McVay 6-0 and uh, against the Cardinals yep. in his coaching tenure there in LA uh, one quick thing I want to mention based on what you guys were going back and forth on and I think you guys know I've been critical of yes this team's been able to win games like the like that game they were able to come back against Seattle yeah the game against Buffalo with the Hail Mary but there are some there were some warning signs even in those games when things were going well of the penalties, of the discipline, of some of the play calling, of some of the decision-making by Cliff. I wonder how different this conversation would be. And I know you can do this with every team, so I'm not saying this is specific to the Cardinals. But I wonder how different this conversation would be about this Cardinals offense if the Hail Murray, if the Hail Murray doesn't happen and they don't make that comeback against Seattle and this team's 4-7. and seven. I wonder how different the conversation would be because that's really just one play at the end of the Buffalo game and a really good fourth quarter uh, offensively against Seattle. I just wonder how different this conversation would be. Would we have had this conversation sooner about this offense needing to make adjustments, or has those wins been able to mask some of the problems? Listen, I don't know. I'm not sure. We brought it up weeks ago. Again, I, weeks ago, we, talk, we talked about what is the identity of this team, and that's where I came up with they're much more Baltimore than they are Air Raid because they don't have an identity. And, and I still think you know, I was talking with Frank Sanders uh, two weeks ago, and he brought up the fact that they still don't have an identity offensively. And, and I completely agree with that. Like, when the Arizona Cardinals struggle, they don't have anything that they can just lean on, right? Like, the Titans, when they start to struggle offensively, can lean on Henry. You know they're going to give the ball to Henry. You know they're going to lean on it. But they're going to be able to still move the football, at least have some success offensively, right? Like, there's no identity for this football team. I, I, am, am I wrong there, Jordan, as well? Like, I, there's no identity offensively from the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, the one identity you'd say they have is the explosiveness of Kyler Murray, and we just talked about it for 15 minutes about how teams have seemed to seem to have caught up with that. Uh, so there's no identity with this football team, Chris, but we've been talking about that for weeks now. So sure. you, know, you, asked, you asked if we'd be talking about this sooner. We have been. You know, that's where, that, again, that's where I started to say this team is much more Baltimore than Air Raid, and I would like to see them lean that direction. Uh, and they have. But it's it's just right now you're you've you've been handled 
the last two weeks. And it still exposes the fact that you don't have an identity that you can lean on when you get into those moments. You just don't. You don't. So, But we've been talking about this, Chris, for weeks now. I mean, it wasn't that My, the Hale Murray didn't mask anything. No, the, the we I was referencing was the collective sports media we, because I know this is something that we've tried to focus on here on this show, but the national media started you know gushing over Kyler and Cliff and everything they were doing after the Hail Murray. It's the easy thing to do, and I just wonder how different it would have been, what, what the national narrative would have been uh, if it didn't go that direction and we were looking at a 4-7 and seven team instead of a team that's 6-5 and five and in a playoff spot. But a tough schedule the rest of the way, Sean. As you mentioned, two games against the 49ers still remaining on the schedule. The Cardinals control two their, games against their the destiny here two games against sorry, the, Rams, the rams one sorry. against the 49ers yeah so you got three more divisional games the rest of the way you kind of control your fate if you take care of your business you'll be in the postseason you got a spot locked up right and now before we move take on care of before we move on from the okay. from the arizona cardinals and get into our not so rapid rundown i know jordan was passionate about this so i wanted to get it make sure we brought it up but the isaiah simmons hit in the fourth quarter that extended this yes. football game uh and and allowed them to get into field goal range um was very debated and you had um the uh what's his it rules analyst it's on fox uh Pereira who Mike Pereira took the tweet took to Twitter afterwards and said that shouldn't have been a penalty um you know it's, it, it it was much more shoulder on shoulder but I I do understand why the flag came out based on the 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 fine print of the rule where the crown of Simmons helmet did make contact with Newton's head I don't think it should have been a penalty. There, It was shoulder-to-shoulder mostly. But I do understand why the flag came out based on what the referees are told to look for. And the crown of the helmet did make contact with Newton's helmet. Therefore, I do understand why the flag came out. But I yeah. agree with Jordan. That sucks. That's, that sucks. It's, it's almost... It's almost like his head is attached to his shoulders. Almost. I mean, what? Yeah. why can't we just take our heads off during football <laughs> there's why can't um, we just have no heads why don't we just make pads that that go above your head like shoulder pads that sit on top of your head i mean get, I, I might get a little fired up here but just you no, know, please do that's you know, why I we get, do this podcast get, go ahead i get i get mad about about these targeting calls look people on twitter want to come at me well yo they had every opportunity to win the game look that's football different different things happen in football games but uh you know a, a kicker can miss a field goal but a ref changing or a ref making a call uh, of like that lost the Cardinals the game it put them in field goal range it's uh, it, uh, a thousand percent it, a thousand percent lost them the game because they add that they I mean look should Cam have had an opportunity to get the first down no but Simmons made a great hit a legal hit his helmet happened to touch his helmet uh he's underneath him his shoulder is in his shoulder these are two big dudes hitting him inbounds they didn't call it targeting they called it roughing uh, i guess because he hit him too hard they didn't call it, it they didn't they didn't call it either of those they just said per, the referee just said personal foul on 48 roughing. they didn't he said say, roughing i i'll pull yeah it he up said personal you. foul roughing um and i was flabbergasted by the call i mean it, it put them in field goal range it gave them an opportunity to kick it and the, sure enough they did now zane missed a field goal yes if he makes that it goes to overtime uh, or they win the game, whatever. But football is a game of inches, and when you have a ref come in and make a call like that, it is life-changing. It changes people's lives. And refs make terrible calls like this all the time, and he's a QB, he's running, he's a big dude, he's got pads on. 
Treat him like a football player. Treat quarterbacks like a football player or take their freaking pads off and put a flag on them if you don't want guys to hit them. They are freaking football players too. They can get hit. Kyler Murray can get hit. Russell Wilson can get hit. If they're in the field of play, uh, get your ass down or you're going to get freaking knocked off. You're, you're going to get knocked out, bro. That's just how football is, man. You got a lot of big dudes flying around. It's, it's a terrible call in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people at Twitter are coming in. Well, they had opportunities. Yeah, they did have other opportunities. But guess what? That call lost them the game. Uh, I, I I struggle with that call losing them the game but because of the other – they did have other – it didn't help, right? Um, what also didn't help was – It put them in field goal range. It, it put them right there, yeah. I mean, they had, to complete yeah. another, they had to complete another pass, but they did, and they got into it. Here's the, here's the loophole as to why the NFL will continue to make these calls, Jordan. Uh, the, there's three rules under the, the helmet situation right lowering your helmet or initiating contact with your helmet um and in normal normal instances before the nfl season starts in every nfl market they send three officials out and they allow the media to come ask questions and they show you videos and they tell you the things that you're going to have an emphasis on this year and i i uh, i usually go to those and attend them each year and i went to the one when they first put in the the lowering the helmet to the letter of the law that we have today and one of the things they said to us, those officials, that the on-the-field officials are instructed, if there's any crown of the helmet that makes contact with a player, they can throw a flag on that, and they will throw a flag on that. So that's why I say I understand yeah, why it came out. Yeah, soft is baby shit. And it's here's soft the three. Is baby shit. Here's the three rules that ruining are ruining football. Here's the three rules that are on the actual. Uh, the, the NFL rule book that I have in front of me right now. Uh, yep. One player lowers his helmet to establish a, a linear body position or posture, I should say, prior to initiating uh, and making contact with the helmet Two, unobstructed path to his, to, to his opponent and three contact clearly avoidable. And pl- here's the part. Here's your loophole and player delivering the blow had other options. They'll look at that. I can guarantee you, the NFL, when they put out their video, every week they put out a video on NFLcommunications.com that has the the uh, controversial calls, and they tell you what the official ruling is and whether they got it right or they got it wrong. They'll use that last part to say why they got it right. They'll say Isaiah Simmons had other options. He didn't have to hit him the way he did. He could hit him in the Didn't in Mike the Pereira come out and say he that did. Mike, it wasn't but Mike, a flag? But Mike Pereira doesn't work for the league. So the league okay, will come out. But he's a, how long? I'm not listen I'm telling you what they're going to say that's the loophole within the rules yeah. I'm not saying it's right or wrong I'm just I'm here telling you what they're going to say I think why I think it's a bullshit out. call that lost the Cardinals the game it was a it was a call that probably that could have gone either way uh, but I, I disagree that it lost them the game like for instance here's my thing here's my thing as mm-hmm. a former football player I know how quick this shit happens and I know how quickly uh, I know how hard it is to get your head out of the way. Sure. Uh, and and Simmons coming in, he's got a big dude like Cam Newton. He's going to take him. He puts his shoulder in. You don't hit somebody like with your head away from your shoulder like this. That's how you get hurt. You hit somebody like this. You protect yourself. Yeah. Your head is attached to your freaking shoulder. Right. So you're going to have some head contact. That's why you wear a freaking helmet yep. to and protect yourself. I agree you with you. You don't hit like this. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. 
I agree with you one hundred. Stupid man. One hundred percent of the. I completely agree with you. But again, your put beef pads on. And I put, tell you this. Put a freaking flag on them. I tell you this all the time. Your beef isn't with the official that threw the flag. Your beef is with that rule book that I just read to you. That's that's where my your, beef is also with is. the official that threw the flag. That's where your issue. But he's doing his job. He's doing his job. And, and Jordan, hey, you want, and Jordan, you, and watch you it. Watch it again. It's important. Watch it again. Okay, really but, quick, Schubert. Really quick. One second. One second. Mm-hmm. Watch who threw the flag. It was the ref behind the ref that sees it clearly looking down the sideline Adam that can see the hit better didn't throw the flag it was the ref back behind them right right no, I'm with Jordan you, so. you you mentioned there that it, that you're you're playing football really fast and there you're just you're you're playing and things happen that same thing applies to the official they're watching it just as Absolutely. fast and they have to make a decision in real time so yeah. we have I'll use a shamanism we right have here the ability is lowering the head yeah. that is lowering this right here is not. This is but, delivering but Jordan, a hit. I'll use a Seanism. We have the ability to break this down and look at every slow-mo angle that there is to be like, oh, that's yeah. a bad call. The refs don't have that ability because they can't go look at it. They, we tried to do this with pass interference. It lasted one year, and the league was like, we're not doing this anymore. So unless you're going to yeah. give the referees and the officials in New York the ability to look at this stuff, this is going to happen. You just have to accept it. And they're going to the and they're going to use that yeah. loophole that I gave you. Like I mean, because I mean, I, yes, I mean, watching it on camera, it it was clearly not a foul, in my he, opinion. He does I everything. Mean, he does everything I saw, right. I thought he did everything right. He turns his shoulder. He hands inbound. Tries to get his head out of the way, but unfortunately, unfortunately, even though he tried to do everything right, the crown of his helmet still yeah. hits Cam in the chin, and that and as I read you the rules there, that's what you're going to get. You know, so you have a problem with the rule book. Howie clearly disagrees as well. As he does as downstairs. well. You have a problem with the rule book more so than than the officials themselves. Uh, you know, it just it sucks. It is what it is. Zane needs to make the kick though. Kirk needs to make the catch in the end zone. Um, Keyshawn needs to find a way to get in the end zone. The Arizona Cardinals can't get stuffed at the one yard line. I mean, we can go down how many different things. Why did you call a timeout with 56 seconds left, Cliff, when there was third and 13? Mm. But it was your mm. last time out. Like, I understand what he's trying to do, right? Save some time for you to get the ball back and go the other direction. It's third and 13 to 56 seconds left. Cliff calls a timeout. But it was your last timeout. So unless it's an incomplete pass or they run out of bounds for some reason, you're still not going to get the ball back with any time. All you did was allow them to think about the third and 13 and then set up that hit by Simmons. So there were so many different things you can get into for the Arizona Cardinals as to why they lost that game. Was the call one of them? Yes. Is it controversial? Yes. Could you make a case that it's the right, that by the letter of the law, it deserved a flag? Yes, you can. Can you also make the case that Jordan's making? Yes, you can. But unfortunately, you can't put yourself in a position to allow the officials to take that yes. game from you. And the Arizona Cardinals did just that yesterday. All right, la- rapid rundown. Are we there yet? What are, what are we doing here? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it, that was a not-so-rapid recap of the Cardinals game, so we might <laughs> as well just keep it flowing. Uh, coming up next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. The not-so-rapid rundown, we go through uh, some of the games that caught our eye on the NFL slate. We'll do it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. They're not so rapid rundown, which Sean in our pre-show meeting said, let's keep it rapid today. Okay, because mm-hmm. it's my fault that it's not rapid. Mm-hmm. It's you guys. <laughs> Looking at you, Sean, last week. Oh, yeah. Okay? I'm sorry. I, I'm stalling because I need to pull up the list of games that we're going to discuss. Mm-hmm. All right, game number one. Sean, we'll start with you. Try to keep this short and sweet. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't get out of their own way. They let the Kansas City Chiefs basically do whatever they want on offense in the first half of this football game. I know what the final score says, 
but the Chiefs were all over them. A fantastic first half from Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs win. The Bucks continue to fall. Uh, where, which which team do you want to talk about more, Sean? I'm going to throw this out there. And this is in case anybody who is about to play the Kansas City Chiefs is listening. Okay. Don't play man coverage against Tyreek Hill for an entire quarter when he's beating you. Like, I, I mean, 203 yards and in two touchdowns in the first quarter, and you're still rolling out the same man coverage you started the game with. Note to defensive coordinators who play the Chiefs, don't do that. That's all I have to say. What are you doing, Tampa? Patrick Mahomes is the most impressive quarterback I will ever see in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. He's only getting better. He does stuff that makes me still just shake my head uh, in awe. I'm just very thankful that I'm alive to be able to watch them. The Titans beat the Colts behind another stellar performance from Derrick Henry. His third career game of at least 175 yards on the ground and three touchdowns, Sean. Titans got back to what they do well, and it led them to a big divisional victory against the Colts. Like most teams who run the football the way the Titans do, if you give them an early lead, you it, it's a wrap. Right, And that's what happened yesterday. They jumped out to an early lead on the Colts. And when you can run the football the way they do, forget about it. It's a wrap. And that's exactly what we saw, 45-26 to 26 over a good Colts team. So, uh, yeah, uh, note, to, note, note to, de- to defensive coordinators who play the Titans. Okay. Don't fall down early because they're going to pound you into submission. The Colts found that out yesterday. Speaking of pound you in submission, um, uh... I have nothing to add to that. I just <laughs> wanted to bring that back up. Uh, right. Look, the, the Colts are a good football team. Uh, they've been playing well. They got beat uh, pretty bad by Derrick Henry and the boys. They could not stop the run. You can't stop the run. You're not going to win football games. Uh, impressive win by the Titans. And my fantasy team thanks well, you. Derrick Henry. Well, well, Sean, it made the list this week. Son of a... And I don't think you actually watched the whole game. No, I, I did. stomped it. I did. Oh, no, did I did. you? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Falcons beat the Raiders uh, 43-6. Yeah, this is a team that's feeling itself going into this football game, thinking, oh, we can we can just show up and play. And on the opening drive, they go for it on fourth and one. Jacobs has an easy path to the first down. If he just continues, they, they pitch out right, just go to the pylon, just go to the sticks. No, he tries to cut it up, gets stuffed. The very next offensive play, after they hold the Falcons to a field goal, Derek Carr fumbles. They hold the Falcons to a field goal again. Defense is doing their part. Here we go. We're about to take the lead. No, no, no. Rapid, John. Rapid. No, no, no. You get down beside the four-yard line, first and goal. Next thing you know, it's third and 29 because every, they kept shooting themselves in the foot. Derek Carr, after, I mean, after a Derek Carr fumble, they hold him to a field goal. The Falcons missed the field goal, but they roughed the kicker. The next play, the Falcons score a touchdown. I mean, this is a team that shot themselves in the foot more than anybody I've seen all year. They had a hundred and some odd yards worth of penalties, Rapid, and like Sean. six of them weren't even accepted. Rapid. This was a joke, Stewart. It's a Travis Sham mockery. You shouldn't even have brought that okay. game up. You take the film, you throw that shit off to the left, and you don't even watch oh, it. You just show up to play the Jets next week. Let's go. This is hey, supposed uh, to be different this year. I would like to formally take back the apology I gave to Sean last <laughs> week about <laughs> being so wrong about the Raiders. Uh, I take that revolt. away, Sean. Revoke the Raiders yeah. still suck. Uh, I am sorry that they put you through that yesterday, but credit to the Atlanta Falcons who fought hard and they beat a good team in the Raiders. Hey, they um, I think they've won four of their last five or something like that. Like they're actually winning. Don't football sleep games. on them. Yeah. I thought it was a dumb decision to fire the head coach and then give the reins over to the guy whose defense was giving up points 
left and right every week. Boy, have I looked foolish. This team is playing with a different kind of energy uh, for Raheem Morris down there in Atlanta. Sean, do me a favor. Mm -hmm. Can this Raiders team not show up this week against the Jets? I need the Raiders that beat the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. I need that Yo, team to show I make, up this I week. make no promises for that football team anymore. I can't have that. I need the Jets to continue losing. Uh, I make no a promises. Couple of days, a couple of days after I thought they cemented themselves as the best team in the NFC with the way that they played on Monday night against the Bucks, the Rams go out and disappoint me by losing to the 49ers. And guys, my takeaway here is I don't know who the best team in the NFC is because I think they all have major flaws mm -hmm. and I think it's going to be a case of whoever gets hot at the right time. I know I called the Bucks the most complete football team in the NFC and then since I've ah. said that they've lost what three of four. Uh, I said the Rams are playing the best football of anybody in the NFC and they go and lose to a depleted 49ers team. But listen, divisional matchups are divisional matchups. Like You guys know how that goes, man. Anything can happen and you saw it uh, with the 49ers and Rams, they just know each other so well, you know, that you you, yeah. can, you can make up for lack of talent by just out scheming somebody that you understand what they're trying to do on the other side. So uh, 49ers, to their credit, dude, they're somehow still in the mix in the NFC. Good One win. Game good, good win for them yesterday. Well, they, they're getting healthier, too. I think, you yeah. know, Richard Sherman coming back, getting that experience back at, at his your first corner pick position. of the year yesterday, I think, right? Yeah, well, it was his first game back since week one. So yeah. uh, it's good to see him back out there. Uh, and then Raheem Mostert back in their offense, too. I mean, he he just he helps him. You know, he's 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 a great running back. I mean, the guy the guy is uh, he's a force for them. So good to see them back. And I'll tell you what, they sure helped the Seahawks beating them. And then uh, the, the Cardinals helped the Seahawks losing, too. So if they win tonight, it's going to be uh, it's going to be their division. Um, and look, you, you talk about the NFC teams. I still think the Saints are the best team even you know even though drew Brees is out uh when drew Brees is in there i think they're the best team in the nfc but the team with the biggest ceiling is the seattle seahawks i mean if they if they can figure out their defensive issues they've, they've got the, the the highest ceiling in my opinion in, in the nfc last game the sunday night game between the packers and the bears and oh boy after that great start from the bears and we all went are they really this good no. The answer to that question is no. They cannot figure it out offensively. I thought they looked better with Trubisky, but this team's still struggling. Uh, it's not they in stink. the direction that they need to go in. Yeah, they stink. They're awful, and the Packers are really good. Um, Jordan, as a defensive back, when you watch Mitch Trubisky and how long it feels like... He would oh make me a pro bowler. God, dude, it feels like... <laughs> There's so many times it feels like it, it takes forever for that ball to get there. And you're like, okay, the ball should have been delivered there. He didn't catch it until there. Like, oh, my God, yeah. it's brutal. I wish I was it's in that division brutal. where where you know you're going to play Mitch Trubisky and he's going to put four balls up in the air for grabs. My God, I mean, even on, like, you know, just – Just go get them. Quick out. Just, like, just – hey, just just catch the ones that he throws to you. You'll right. be a pro bowler. And the ball just takes <laughs> forever to get but to get to his receiver. Yeah. But then you flip they're, it over. They're in the, trouble, man. Yeah, and you flip it over the other side, though, and this might be some of the best football we've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play. I mean, dude is just uh, – like, he's, he's, he's lights electric. out. That's he's a, electric. That's if, a good defense he went if, up against, dude, and he just, he's just lights out. If they're – Offensive line can continue to protect the way that they did last night against a good Bears pass rush. Then, yeah. then they're going to be trouble if their defense plays uh, can play somewhat good. Uh, they'll, they'll be a good team in the NFC. And they NFC ran the as, ball as well. thirty-seven think, times. Like if they can run the ball thirty-seven times and ma and maintain, you know, yeah. fluent offensive uh, possession. That yeah. And then you got Aaron Rodgers doing what he does. Forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the uh, Matt Lafleur Aaron Rodgers marriage is working out pretty well. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, the Bears, 
made a huge mistake drafting Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I don't think he's got a good arm. I think uh, they need to start over there. They'll probably fire. They'll probably fire Nagy, and they'll probably fire their GM uh, and try to reset there because they missed big time on Mitch Trubisky. There you have it. The not so rapid rundown. I thought we did better today, gentlemen. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. Of the, bad, the, the back half. I think we kind of lost it when we got mm-hmm. into the Raiders, and then the Seahawks were mentioned, and then you know what that does to Jordan. He's going to go on for ten minutes there. Uh, it was a little rough there. So we'll work on it. We'll be better next week. But I thought a, a better job all around. Coming up next, it's a Monday on the show. And that means it is time for the Manscaped Full Grown Man Salute. We give out our Full Grown Man Salutes next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Since Harry S. Truman was in office in 1951, Earnhardt Auto Centers has been taking care of you here in Arizona locally. It doesn't matter where you are, in the valley, north, south, east, or west. You're taken care of. You need a brand new car, go to Earnhardt. They've got dealerships all over the valley and with their No Bull Express package right now, you can have a brand new car drove to your front door. I myself had a Lexus driven to me. I drove it around for the weekend. It was great. The experience was extremely easy. And with the times, you don't maybe maybe you don't want to go out. You want to stay at your house or have a car. They will literally bring it to your front door. You can handle all of the financing, the applications online. The car buying process has never been easier. Go to noble.com, click that express option, noble.com. That ain't noble. Oh, gentlemen, that music on a Monday puts me in a different kind of mood because it is time to give out our manscaped, full grown man salutes. Does everybody have their lawnmower 3.0s? nearby for the man salute i always have my lawnmower three mine's nearby me, gentlemen always jordan's, jordan's looking at me like I, it's not on screen so we'll just ignore that part of it i keep it in the back pocket next to my wallet all day long because you just never know interesting Whoa. choice interesting lifestyle choice there sean but meanwhile <laughs> we will get in to the full grown man salute who is going first today sean you put together the order i'm gonna let you go ahead and go first here schubert oh, yeah love who's this. who's your salute today this I've been outside the box the last couple of weeks. Last week, the first person on the show to give it to a defensive player felt that defenses weren't getting the recognition that they deserved here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone and the Manscaped Full Grown Man Salute. Well, you know what? This week, I think there's another gentleman that isn't getting the recognition that he deserves. This guy's played, I think, for every team in the National Football League in his career. Josh He's McCown. been bounced around. He's been a starter. He's been a backup. He's been holding clipboards. He's been trying to lead teams to the postseason. He's had rookies take his job. He's earned the job back. And it's just been fun to watch this guy play. He's got a nickname, Fitzmagic. So we're giving the full-grown man salute to a guy who's had to come in after getting benched for Tua. Tua gets hurt in practice. Not really sure how that gets how that happens, but he hits his thumb on a helmet <laughs> in practice. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're in. What does he do? Leads them to a victory. I don't care if it was the Jets. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's Ryan Fitzmagic, 24 of 39, 257, the two touchdowns. The ageless wonder. Have I mentioned the great beard? I mean, full-grown man, he's got the full-grown beard. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, not getting the recognition that you deserve. Today on this show, a manscaped, full-grown man salute to you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not bad. I'll agree with that. 24 39, 257. Two touchdowns, uh, but there was a quarterback yesterday that trumps that quite a bit. Jordan Simone, who are you saluting today? I am saluting Rodrigo Blankenship, kicker for the – oh, wait, no. (laughs) No, I'm not. Uh, Look it. 
Patrick Mahomes is the most incredible quarterback I will ever see in my lifetime. The things that he does, there's not a more fun team to watch because of him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 37 of 49 for 462 and three touchdowns yesterday. And he threw for over 200 yards in the first freaking quarter to one receiver named Tyreek Hill. Don't play man coverage against the Chiefs because it's going to look like this. Unless you want to turn on ESPN after playing them and see that your defense gave up over 600 yards against the Chiefs. I mean, good luck. Good luck. Patrick Mahomes, you are a full-grown man, and you get my full-grown man salute. All right, not bad. Mine, gentlemen, it's uh, no Raiders this week, Sean. No, Sorry. no. Can't this is it. this is a this is a historic occasion of the Manscaped full-grown man salute. This is the first time we've had a guy show up back-to-back weeks. I have to give it to him. Somebody's got to do it. I gave it to him last week as well. But Derek Henry continues to show week in and week out that he is a full-grown man. 27 carries. 178 yards, three more touchdowns, leading Jordan Simone's fantasy football team to a championship. Derrick Henry is the reason that the Titans are in first place of the South in the AFC and securely in the AFC playoff picture. Derrick Henry, we salute you, my friend, with a manscaped, full-grown man salute. Derrick Henry. Back-to-back weeks for me. Had to give it to him. Also, can we give a, uh, a little special shout-out? I want to do a, a honorary mention for a full-grown okay. man. And I don't have okay. I don't have a, a fancy graphic for him. But can we please give a full-grown man salute? Raise your, raise your, raise your shaver. Okay. Sorry. To a young man who went one for nine passing. He completed, oh. he completed more passes yesterday to the New Orleans Saints than he did his own teammates. He was one for nine. <laughs> He was one for nine wow. to his guys. Noah Fant, by the way, caught that ball for 13 yards. And he threw two interceptions to the Saints. But Kendall Hinton, he was a practice squad wide receiver, gentlemen. Last month he was in sales like you, Jordan. And he's a practice squad wide receiver who had never taken a practice snap under center. And they called him and said, everybody's got COVID. Everybody's contact tracing. We don't have a quarterback. This man steps in and plays quarterback and looked not good, but okay at times. <laughs> I, I mean, just the fact that he was like, yeah, dude. Hey, coach, I got you. I'll, do, I'll give it a shot. Kendall Hinton, we give you a manscaped, full-grown man salute. Hey, uh, another one that we, in. Can, we, can, we can shout out really quick is Deshaun sure. Watson. For getting the GM and the head coach of the Lions fired. And Lions fans are donating to Deshaun Watson's foundation <laughs> to thank him for getting Matt Patricia fired. People are donating $13. Uh-huh. The amount this is of known wins as the that Andy Matt Dalton. Patricia hired. Love it. This is known as the yeah. Andy Dalton. Because when Andy Dalton let the Bills into the yep. postseason a couple of years ago, they did this. And now everybody does All this. Right. And I love it. Well, raise your, so, raise your, raise your lawnmower 3.0. Who'd you say? Deshaun Watson? We salute yes. you. Yeah, 17 of 25, 318 yards, and four touchdowns. Right, Getting the go. Lions. Couple of honorary. Brand new head coach. I like wow. That. Yeah, very very good. Very jam packed edition of the Manscaped yeah. Full Grown Man Salute. Uh, Manscaped.com. Use promo code NOBOL. You can get yourself a lawnmower 3.0. Uh, 
over there and free shipping over at manscaped.com. That's going to do it here for the Monday edition of the show. You can always follow the show on Twitter at noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at shoe radio, Sean at S Crespin zero two Jordan at Jordan Simone 38 Jordan. Tell everybody what they need to do. Please subscribe to the show. Thank you very much. You can do so on uh, yeah, very nice on a Monday, Jordan. (laughs) Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, whatever app you use to get your podcast. Just look up Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Rate, subscribe to the show so you know when these episodes drop. We'll be back on Wednesday. Sean tries to rebound in the line is right, so you have that to look forward to on the Wednesday edition of the program. In the meantime, get those Christmas decorations up. It is now officially time where you can do that, and we will talk to you on Wednesday.